give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is good, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. It's the motherfucking Draft Tech NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's good, brother? What's going on, everybody? It's um, it's good to be here. Why do I sound like I'm the guest? Um, it's <laughs> it's an exciting day. We uh, This is probably going to be one of the most intense episodes we ever do. Um, because this is a really intense prospect, and we have a special guest on today to talk about him. Uh, so uh, without further ado, here we go. We got our guy, Alex. You might know him as Draft Film School on the World Wide Web, uh, making his first appearance on the Draft Act podcast, part of the No Ceilings team. So this is, uh, I figured, we're we're doing Blake Wesley. Um, and as Albert said, this is a very contentious guy amongst our group chat so we figured we needed to bring someone in to level us off a little bit in case you know we go a little overboard we need somebody to to fight the good fight even though i don't think it's going to be quite as intense as albert laid it out to be but alex thank you for for hopping on for the first time what's going on man yeah thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah we're just uh living the dream here over on no ceilings in the uh the peak of draft season right now oh i guess nba playoffs but no one really cares about that (laughs) yeah if i mean the playoffs like we're gonna talk about joel Embiid or james harden again like who cares right we need to break down nba draft prospects as we said we're talking about blake wesley notre game notre dame combo guard uh 19 years old right now gonna be a very young 19 on draft night just turned 19 in march listed at 6'5 185 with a reported six foot 11 inch wingspan that's pretty tasty Average 14.4 points per game, 3.7 rebounds per game, 2.4 assists to 2.2 turnovers, 1.3 steals. Shot 40.4% from the field, 30.3% from the three-point line, 65.7% from the free throw line. True shooting percentage, 49.5. PER, 16.9. Not the best, but we're going to talk about the nuance here. We can't just, you know, crap on the, the percentages without context. That's not how we do it here. Um, before we get into the scouting report, let's talk about some stock price. Like Wesley's a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. Um, preseason was not listed. I, I wasn't on the, the draft rankings at no ceilings for a few months. Uh, I want to say February or March was the first time he appeared. Um, but currently ESPN has him at 20. The athletic has him at 24. Tankathon has him at 43. Basketball News has him at 24, Bleacher Report at 28, Sports Illustrated at 23, The Ringer at 18, No Ceilings at 38, Average Price, 27.3. So, Albert, let's start with you. Is Blake Wesley stock priced too high, too low, or is it just right at 27.3? I, I I think it's really fitting, Corey, when you first started introducing Blake Wesley. Uh, you said Notre Game. 
because um, that that's a pretty accurate description of uh, like what I'm just kidding. I'm just hey Draymond and uh, random uh, aggregators, don't take that clip and uh, flame me for it like you did Bill Simmons. But um, no, actually, um, no. If Draymond sees this and he wants to flame you, that's incredibly good. Uh, that's great publicity. So, so yeah, please, yeah. Draymond, flame Albert. For no, that. but but Draymond, listen to the whole pod at least, okay? Because um, 27.3. That I think it's fine. It's whatever. Um, I'm not here to hate on Blake Wesley. I'm here to be very critical of Blake Wesley is what I want to do today because I have some gripes with his game, but at the same time, I'm not going to be all gloom and doom with him. So 27.3 sounds look me personally. I think it's a little bit, a little high for my taste, but I'll say for now I'm I'm okay with 27.3. It could be a lot worse. Okay. Alex too high, too low, or just right. Yeah. Maybe a little too low. Um, but nothing crazy. Like I have him at 20. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm super high on Blake Wesley versus what consensus seems to be. Um, and then when you think about this draft, at least in my opinion, really after the top 10, after the lottery, it gets pretty flat uh, up until kind of like the mid thirties. So anywhere in that range, I'd be fine with Blake Wesley. So 27 kind of fits right in the middle there. So it, it's all right. I actually think it's just right as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been pretty critical of Wesley's game. And again, we'll get into the nuance of it, but it's not like the kid doesn't have like a raw talent that kind of pops off the screen when you watch him. So as Alex said, like if a team is going to take a chance on that talent in a draft like this, that's so flat in that area. Like I totally understand why you would want to take that swing. So 27 seems perfectly legit. And especially with a guy like him, I think now, like, it's not like it was 10 years ago, right? Like the G league is a legitimate developmental program now to where like 10 years ago, if you sent him to the, to the D league, who knows what happens there. Um, now it's like, that's a path that like it ultimately just give him more experience time to hone his craft. And, um, you know, he can turn into this like really good value pick. So I'm fine with his stock right there. Now, I'm going to give us all 10 imaginary dollars to invest. And I picked, I think, you know, one prospect each that we kind of like, including Blake Wesley. He's one of the three. So that's Alex's guy in this scenario, even though he's 20th on his board. So you have $10 to invest in Blake Wesley, Jaden Hardy, and Ryan Rollins. Albert, how are you spending your money? Good Lord. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Why why am I talking to myself? Here we go. (laughs) Jaden Hardy. Let's give, let's do the damn thing. Let's give Jaden Hardy $5. He can do whatever the hell he wants with the $5. That makes no sense. I'm investing in him. Five bucks in Jaden Hardy. Give me $3 of, um, who am I missing? Who's the other guy? Ryan Rollins and Blake. Ryan Rollins. Yes. Give me $3 of Ryan Rollins, $2 of Blake Wesley. And you know what? I, to be fair, I've considered giving Blake Wesley a little bit more. Um, so maybe that's a little um, little peek into what I'm thinking here. But I like 5-3-2, but 5 to Jaden Hardy because that's my guy. Alex? I think that's fair. I think I would probably go 4 to Hardy, 3 to Wesley, and 3 to Rollins. I love that. Ryan Rollins, Hive, stand up. Yeah. I'm... Uh, queen b in the, the rollins high so i'm gonna give rollins six. Oh wow yeah i'm gonna give him six <laughs> i fucking love it i'm, I'm buying in uh i'm gonna give hardy three 
And I'm going to give Wesley one. Now, I did the Rollins episode with Tyler Rucker, and I gave him the exact same scenario with those three guys. And neither of us had invested in Blake Wesley at the time. So I just invested one of those dollars into Wesley after watching him because I think the tape did him more favors than disservice when I was watching it. Um, I came away more impressed. Not like, you know, I'll talk about what I'm not impressed by as well, but uh, the, the tape, when you really dig in and watch, isn't as big of a disaster because it's, you know, we'll get into it. Okay. Let's start with the shooting because it seems like something we need to just get out of the way before we, you know, so we could talk, you know, positively about him at some point as well. Alex, as the guy who's highest on him here, uh, is there sal- any salvaging the shooting? I think so. Uh, when you go back and watch the tape, I went back and watched literally every jump shot he took uh, today. Thank you and to Instat, great partners uh, for, yes, for new ceilings. Um, and he definitely has some wild misses. Uh, the touch comes and goes. The mechanics are a little wonky. He kind of shoots it off the side of his head uh, across the body. The footwork, I, I do like his kind of getting to his shot but once he goes up for the shot it's kind of a a mess uh so definitely needs to work on the mechanics but if you look at kind of his catch and shoot numbers uh unguarded catch and shoot he actually was pretty good on those and then his off the dribble numbers are a lot better than i expected um i think the numbers actually look better than the tape but i I think he was like rated out as good on on synergy and in you know off the dribble jumpers in the half court so I think there's something to work with, but again, you look at the free throw percentage as well. It's in that, you know, the mid sixties, not a great indicator. So the shooting is obviously the number one kind of question mark with Blake Wesley that I have. And I think that pretty much everyone has that has evaluated him. So I think depending on your opinion on how good of a shooter he can get to, can he get to just league average? Let's just take that as kind of a benchmark. I think that will open up a lot more pieces of his game will increase his efficiency. Cause that's another issue that he needs to work on both the shooting and the finishing. But yeah. uh, I think there are some things to work on, but uh, yeah, there's no kind of denying that it's the major kind of weakness in his game right now. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, obviously like you, you touched on it a little, like the context of the shots that he's taking, I think is camouflaging the percentages in a, a a worse way than I think they would be if he wasn't like this super high usage creator who has to do everything for the offense. Uh, one of the things I found interesting, uh, thanks to Instat, was in the mid range, he was fifty two percent from the middle and the right side of the floor on like pretty decent volume, but only thirteen percent from the left side of the floor, which is uh which was just weird and wonky. But I mean, if you're an NBA team, like you can help him get shots in spots of the floor that he's successful at early on. Um, And maybe like that's something taking away those tough shots going left is is something he can eliminate. And those percentages go up a little bit. I don't think he's hopeless. Uh, I think that like the form is there are certainly like you, you touched on all the little things that he needs to fix, but like, I don't know. I think it comes off his fingertips like pretty well. Like obviously the misses there, some of them are like clanking. He shoots a ton of air balls, but again, he's shooting hard shots. 
Albert, what do you think of the shooting? Um, first off, <laughs> okay, here we go. No, Alex, I really agree with what you said about him. <laughs> Not a great so stuff. I know. It's so funny. I haven't even said anything yet. Um, him shooting off the left side of his face uh, was one of the main things that I wrote down. Now, he didn't do it all the time, to his credit. I, I think it's something that he just, it's a little kink that he has to work out. Um, it, it's just there and it bothers me. And whenever he did bring the ball to the left side of his face, like those misses were the ugliest. So I feel like him having that tape and him being able to identify that and work on that is going to be key. Um, but it, it, I, I think it's a hundred percent fixable. And because the results are so clearly bad, whenever he does that, that's an easy one to nitpick. And for his coach or whoever he's working with, they can easily um, identify that and take that out. I think, um, mm-hmm. Oh boy, the touches, the touch is interesting. Um, I wrote how uh, I wrote on my, on my notes. You know how we have guys who have like negative wingspan. Does it exist? Um, does negative <laughs> touch also exist? Because it's pretty shocking sometimes. Um, on Bartorovic, I was looking at his numbers. He shot fifty one point two percent at the rim, which is um, oh no, not great. Uh, you you expect a little bit more, but. You're actually being say. you're being generous. Yeah, I was because yeah. that's right, including right. that's including his transition right. attempts. Yeah. I think it's like forty one percent in the half court, forty four percent, forty three, forty three. You know, I, I will say this, guys, and I and I want to kind of now be a little bit nicer because you guys mentioned the context. He took some freaking really tough shots, but the thing that I loved about him that. It didn't ever feel like he, well, no, maybe that's a little stretch. I shouldn't say didn't ever, but a lot of the times, like, I like the aggressiveness. I like that he wasn't afraid. I like that he was really trying to get to good spots on the floor, spots that he was comfortable with. He was being aggressive. I liked all that stuff. Like that game against, um, what, what did I have it written down? It was the Rutgers game in the, uh, in the tournament. He, that was, I thought his best and worst game, both at the same time. Hit some of his best makes in that game, and also some of his worst uh, misses in that game. But um, yeah, there are a lot of. But he was really going at it. And Rutgers I, and is I a like good defensive team in their defense. Yeah, but I like that he was like, dude, I want to, f- like, I want to do something here. I don't want to just sit back and let the game pass me by. So I, I do like the aggression that he plays with. Um, I'm just very worried about the touch, uh, the mechanics. I think you know what I. It can be fixed. I really do think it can be fixed. So as uh, Alex mentioned, if he can get to like 35% from three, um, if he can raise that mid-range number a little bit more, then he becomes a way more interesting prospect. Uh, but as of now, the shooting is not very pretty. Yeah, and I, the finishing is more of a worry to me than the shooting because the shooting percentage is like, you know, again, some of his makes look pretty good and it's just like inconsistent form and how he gets into his shot and like... right you know, taking a tough shot, but the the finishing is tough. And like 26% from inside the free throw line to in front of the semicircle. So like there's no floater to counter it. Um, So that's, that's rough. And I didn't feel optimistic about, I didn't, like you said, like I didn't see any touch that made me go, Oh, okay. There were flashes here and there, a nice smooth up and under like a good left-handed layup. He has length. He should be able to, you know, I think his problem is he's like a blazing, like with a head of steam, he's a blaze. Like he is dumb quick. He doesn't have like the quickest first step, but he's got like long strides that he's able to like get to his spots, but he's way more ground bound than you would think. Like if you just watched his poster on, what was it like Florida state? I think it was like, um, you would be like, Oh, this dude is like a crazy, like Jaden Ivy level athlete, but like, he's very ground bound. 
Um, and I feel like that's part of his, his issue. He's not nearly as athletic in the air as you would think that he is. And again, it's just the, the weird touch. So I don't know how it's, it, that's like, a, I don't know how fixable that, that is like, there's so much work that's got to go into that, but NBA court, more spacing, um, maybe more opportunities where you can catch it on the move with a head of steam, beat guys to the rim, uh, simplify his game, not take so many tough shots there. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a 43% at the rim guy in the NBA. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he had way better numbers in the NBA, even as a rookie, um, if he gets playing time than he did in college, but, I'm not that encouraged about it. I, I will say that. Um, so I don't know, Alex, is there, is there any reason to be encouraged that, that you saw? Yeah, I think there is. And I think it's mainly because he can get to his spots, uh, both with the shooting. He, he does a pretty good job at creating space on step yeah. backs um, and getting to his spots in the mid range might not knock down sure. the shots, but at least he can get there. So you know, that's half the battle. And then on the finishing, yeah, the finishing numbers are rough, but he also had a crazy amount of attempts at the rim. So mm-hmm. he's able to get there. He has some nice like hang dribbles, does a good change of pace. You mentioned the long strides. So I his handle well, is crazy. Yeah, no, he's got he's got moves. Yeah. yeah, like it's pretty smooth. Like it's a little herky jerky, but like it's a little high, like the handle's a little high, but he it's nothing like that. It's tight though. It's yeah. tight. Like he, yeah. and like you said, he gets to his spot. So yeah, totally. I totally see that. Um, and I, the, the handle to me is one of the reasons and how he's able to create space and whether it's on a shot that he's creating space for, or like getting to the rim, it is like one of the things you're like, all right, well, what happens if he learns how to like create that space blow by his man, but now he's playing with a little bit of pace and yeah. now he's going fast to slow and he's throwing guys off and he's not as predictable. Cause maybe one of the, one of the things that he reasons he struggled at the rim is because he wasn't really doing that, like slow to fast, get a guy, put him in jail and then explode. Like he was just like, all right, this guy is on his way to the rim. I'm going to meet him there and contest. I know exactly what he's doing. If he figures that stuff out, I think maybe, you know, that's something that is reason to be optimistic. Um, let's talk about the playmaking. Cause I think that's the other thing that people are kind of excited about with him. Right. Uh, Alex, what did you, what do you think about him as a, a playmaker, like in an NBA context? I, I really like him as a playmaker, especially like on driving kicks. Um, and he's really underrated in the pick and roll. He might not do like have the advanced reads of some of these great point guards in the NBA. And that's fine. I don't think he's going to really be an on ball you know, creator, playmaker in the NBA. I think he's going to be more of a scoring guard. But I think he'll be able to kind of do that second side pick and roll action, drive and kick, attacking closeouts. If he's not getting all the way to the rim, he could find the open man underneath or on a, on a skip pass. So those are kind of the areas of his playmaking that, you know, I really like. And I dove a little bit deeper into kind of the pick and roll passing numbers. And if you kind of exclude the times he tried to score and just passed out of pick and roll, the numbers like skyrocket. Like he ranks in like the 96th percentile um, among all, you know, college basketball players, which was not something I expected uh, when I was doing my deep dive, but I went back and watched the passes and I was like, yeah, that makes a little sense. I think I tweeted out kind of like a two minute clip uh, video of his passes and there's some impressive stuff in there. There's some simple reads in there, but if he's not your main playmaker, 
you really only need him to make the simple read, like just make yeah. the open pass, not force things. He tended to force things a lot at Notre Dame kind of because he had to. He was only the real shot creator on the team. They had a lot of spot-up shooters, not a lot of kind of uh, self-creators. So uh, if he goes to a team that already has that in the NBA, which he probably will, uh, less usage burden, I, I think that can open up the playmaking and, and hopefully the efficiency overall in his scoring too. What's weird is like, I kind of agree. Like his his playmaking is kind of interesting, and it's I feel like the numbers don't really reflect it. Like I mean, he only for somebody his usage was over thirty, and he only averaged like two and a half assists a game. Yeah. Um, and then like his assist percentage was seventeen percent, something low like that. But like when you are breaking down his passing, like he's got pretty good touch and placement. Like he'll, he'll throw the ball to his big, like up in the air and over to the side a little bit so that it can't be picked. Um, I think he's, he made some interesting, like live dribble reads his drive and kick. Like he really like when he's exploding to the hoop, he's really going to get a paint touch. So like you have to commit to that. And he's creating that, that kind of fear in, in the help defense that they have to slide over. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about that secondary playmaking more so than I kind of thought I was. Cause one of the thing, one of the issues offensively that I've always had with Wesley and the conundrum that I think it's like, what kind of team context is he going to be able to like thrive in the right way? Cause usually like these type of guys, like these offensive, like spark plug guys, like that's my bag. Like I love these guys. I loved Cam Thomas. I loved Josh Christopher last year. And there's just always something that, I felt like was missing with Wesley. And uh, I wonder like if he's not going to be super efficient on the floor, if he's not going to be like a big time off ball player, which I think, you know, if he, if he's able to knock down outside shots off the catch, that'll obviously help him get on a floor. Then like, do you want the ball in his hands? Like, even though he's a good playmaker, like how much usage is enough usage for him? And if you're not giving him enough usage, is it enough for him to be, impactful so that's kind of the conundrum i've had but it's like he can do the passing stuff and if he's going to like run a second unit like maybe that's where he he can actually be useful get his offense be a guy that's going to come off the bench maybe get hot but if not he can you know get other guys involved so i i i'm optimistic about the passing i just i kind of wish that there was a, a tiny bit more of it because when he does it, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. What do you think, Albert? No, I definitely agree. I think part of <clears throat> just to piggyback off of what you're saying, Corey, I think part of that is also the team that he played on. Um, he was not playing with uh, NBA level talent. So that might be part of the reason why he was a little hesitant to pass the ball as much. But I honestly, in terms of the passing guys, I don't have much to add because you guys literally said everything that I wrote in my notes. I wrote his passing is fine. Um, I think, and I wrote, can, can make basic reads, um, but nothing like really too spectacular. But at the same time, we're not talking about a lead guard here. He, I don't think he needs to make any spectacular passes. If he can make the basic reads, if he can find the right guys, you know, obviously you, you mentioned like the magnetism of him when he's attacking the rim, like the defense, they care and they want to stop him from getting to the rim. And he made some really good reads off of that. So I think that's fine. I have, and I think ultimately, Corey, I think what you're trying to get at with, with him is like, I think for me, this might be a little harsh. I don't know how people are going to take this, but I think his ceiling is he's going to be a really good six man one day. 
is how I feel. I think, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean, we've had some incredible, I mean, look at Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford. These guys have had very successful careers pretty much as six men. And I think that could, well, hmm. We'll see. But anyway, I think Wesley could be that type of player. I think the reason why all of this, like, I think the reason why I'm being so harsh on Wesley is because I just wish he would go back to school is my main point with him that I want to get to. Because if you look at Benedict Matherin after his freshman season, he had a lot of question marks. People were like, what's good with the handle? What's good with the playmaking? Is he going to shoot it enough? He went back for his I think they're still questioning year. the handle and the playmaking. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But he he made strides, you know, and now he's in the discussion for, you know, to be a top 10 pick. And I think that's how I feel about Wesley. I'm not saying he'll necessarily go back and, you know, cement himself as a top 10 guy. But I think it'll be good for him because, you know, I I think he could use that time to keep developing, especially the shot like we talked about. But anyway, um, the passing, good, not spectacular, but he doesn't need to be spectacular is how I feel. So, yeah, and I, and I think he said he's not going back. Um, I think that when and when he had declared, I think he pretty just like shut the door on, on going back. But uh, no, I'm with you. I'm glad you brought it up. I think it, I think it would probably raise his draft stock if he were to go back. Because um, I was looking at, like you mentioned, Mather, and I was looking at like Jaden Ivey. Yeah, that's um, the guy. His, his freshman numbers, if you look up his next to Blake Wesley, they're pretty close they both shot like 40 percent ivy shot like worse from three um pretty close on free throw percentage like same amount of turnovers assists rebounds all that stuff is pretty much spot on um so like yeah he he could have been like a breakout sophomore guy that we're talking about in the 2023 class but if he's getting a first round promise from someone i can't knock the kid for for leaving early i think that there are a few people who have kind of hinted they're not coming back on you know whether it's twitter or whatever and i think some of them when they get feedback from teams are going to go what well, you know what maybe i should go back <laughs> maybe i didn't get the answer i thought i was going to get um cuz there's a lot of guys in that position and there's only so many <laughs> spots at the back end of the first round right. where these guys are kind of mocked to be and it's like would you rather go to a situation where you're not going to get a guaranteed contract necessarily as a second round pick, if that's the feedback you're getting, or would you go rather go back and try to be like, I think I can improve my stock enough that I'm going to be a lottery guy. I think Ivy is the guy definitely, because I think outside of even the numbers, like the athletic profile, I think um, Ivy is a, a better leaper, but they're both like that open court blazing speed. And it's like, can you control the car? It's a race car. I can't drive a race car. I don't know how to drive a race car, right? Like, I don't know what to do with it. But uh, Albert, who's like a, a good F1 guy? Um, Lewis who's Hamilton? Your, yeah, like Lewis Hamilton. He can drive yeah. that shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, he knows how to, he knows what to do with it. I think that like another year, maybe he knows what to do with that speed. He plays a better pace. The shots, a little, yes. you know, he, he knows what the competition's like, like, I think another year would do him good, but if he's not coming, if he says he's not coming back, um, then he might not. And, and you know what? He's probably right that he's going to be a first round pick. You know, I I did a zoom call with a former front (laughs) office executive who had him ninth mocked to at the time, brace yourself, Albert and Alex, the New York Knickerbockers. Nah, man. (laughs) At the time. Let's cut that one out. It was just, (laughs) let's cut it out, (laughs) which was perplexing for a number of reasons. But, uh, you know, I think it says something that this is somebody who worked in an NBA front office 
and they had Wesley Ninth on their board. So like draft Twitter, I don't know. Draft uh, draft Twitter is are they in or out on Wesley? I'm not sure. Maybe both ways. Yeah, I think depending on who you talk to, but I yeah. think I think it he's first rounder for sure for mm-hmm. on most people. Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I think he stays in, and I think he goes in the back end first round. A team takes a shot. Let's talk about the defense because this is where you I started. My eye, my eyes started perking up a little bit. I started getting a little bit more excited. Uh, on the ball, I love the give a shit factor. I think he tries hard, and I think that that is a big aspect of defense. Um, you know, I was talking to. Uh, an agent recently and he said he had one of his NBA clients hop on a call with a couple of guys who were working out in preparation for the draft. And uh, they were like, you have any advice? And the NBA player's advice was try hard because not everybody tries hard. So if you try hard, like you're giving yourself a chance to, you know, do something out on a court. And I thought Wesley gives a shit like on both ends. Like even if on offense, if it's ugly, sometimes like he's playing hard. And I think on defense, he's playing hard Uh, on the ball. I think sometimes his footwork's a little sloppy. I think he's got like weird hips. Like his hips are a little tight. They're like Mm. his, he's got like a narrow frame, but his hips are maybe a little bit wider than his body, like very slightly. So he he gets a little cross, like his feet cross a little, a little bit. Um, I think sometimes he's like, he just likes to swipe at a ball. Um, but on the ball, I think he's, he's, he's good. Like he'll, his slight frame, he's going to die on a screen, but he's going to try to fight over it. And like, he'll try to slither over it if he can step over. And that, that length, man, that length is legit. Like he contests some shots. So I was impressed. Uh, Albert as, as another like guy who was a little, you know, weary about him as a prospect. How, how did you feel about his defense really grinding that tape? So watching him on defense made me think. So last weekend, the NFL held their the NFL draft, you know, seven rounds. Uh, watching Blake Wesley play defense, I wondered, did Blake Wesley choose the wrong sport? Because <laughs> as a help side defender, he was hawking some balls like prime Ed Reed. And I was like, is Blake Wesley just supposed to go play football and become a free safety? Because some of that stuff was awesome to watch. And, you know, I, I, I you, you mentioned core, the give a shit factor. I thought it was both on ball and off ball at, at times. Like he, he had some really nice deals um, of passes, you know? And I was like, this is fun. This is cool. This is much better than I was expecting. I thought on ball though, you, you mentioned like the feet, like when he was coming out on closeouts, sometimes, I, his body looked so weird to me. I had no idea what was going on. Like his feet looked kind of strange and like, he, I don't know. He, when he ended up at the shooter, he looked really weird to me. So that's a, one of my big uh, gripes with him, but no, definitely defensively. I was a lot higher on him than I expected. And there was a lot to like, but um, the effort is real. And as you mentioned, he got massacred by some screens. So uh, worth mentioning for sure. The closeouts kind of looked like, you know, like the Travis Scott where he's like holding the microphone stand in the air. Like yeah. it's, a, it's, that's, that's what his closeouts look like. That's a good at, one. That's a like good sometimes. One. Um, yeah. Sometimes uh, he would, I just, I don't know. I, he'll die on the screens, but if that's my biggest gripe with him because he's skinny, like on the ball and like sloppy footwork, or something, like NBA players are going to blow by you. Like they're good For on sure. offense. You can't check them every single time one on one. You know, like, 
they're not Deuce McBride. I'm I'm just gonna throw that in there for you oh, guys just to, 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 get, to get you all you know mm. a little more excited about the podcast. My loins. Um, and again, the effort I love. Uh, is there anything you're worried about defensively at, at the next level with him, Alex? Yeah, I, I mirror kind of what you guys were talking about with you know, he does have seem to have like higher hips, kind of like uh, reminds me a little bit of like Obi Toppin, obviously the guard yeah. version where like his legs are as long as shit. And like, it just, he kind of like moves like so. a gira- giraffe out there a couple times when <laughs> that's, a, that's really good. He a, moves a, like a giraffe. A, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Especially on the closeouts that you guys were mentioning. Um, but overall, I mean, he's a pest. Like I would not want to bring the ball up the court with him guarding me like six, five with six eleven wingspan. Like he just swallows up smaller guards. Like they can't do anything with him. Um, you mentioned the the give a shit factor. I think that's real. I don't think that's going anywhere. Uh, you know, how many 30 usage 18 year olds in college basketball or any level of basketball, like actually care about defense and, and play hard and take pride in that side. And he obviously does. And um, I, I think that's huge. And Albert mentioned kind of the off ball stuff. He, he has good anticipation off ball, jumping passing lanes. Um, you know, he'll, he'll do like some digs off ball when guys drive by. And sometimes it's just like a quick poke at the ball, trying to get a steal. Sometimes they'll actually rotate over and help a little bit. So that's kind of hit or miss. And then, yeah, dying on screens is kind of the other thing. Um, but there are times when you look at the tape where he will get around the screen and recover. And because he has that six limbed yeah. wingspan, he'll get like a shot contest uh, when a guy like pulls up from mid range or something like that. So it's not like he's working from nothing uh, on that aspect. So uh, overall, I'm, I'm very positive on his defense. It's probably the the most positive kind of takeaway from me on his game, other than maybe just his ability to kind of uh, create shots and get to the rim. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, like you said, like he could chase shooters around screens, like off floppy action, pin downs and stuff, just because he can recover into the play, even if he, he gets hit by the screen a little bit. I also agree with like the like the overhelping. Um, like I, I don't think he's a hundred percent principled in like NBA defense yet. Like he'll overhelp on strong corners sometimes. Uh, but I would much rather somebody be overhelping than not trying to help at all yeah. and just needs to be coached up and watch more film. So I don't know. I'm I'm pretty pretty positive overall about his defense and you know for a guy that's that skinny i think it's it's it'd be easy for him to kind of just get beat up physically and and with the 30 usage not try so i'm good on him because i think that uh that was definitely a positive do we think that like he's a guy that could put on weight at the next level or is he always going to be like a skinny guy like is he going to fill out albert you're the body guy yeah, no, I love uh, I love what Alex said about it, like his hips and the OB thing, because he's one of my like least favorite body types with the short torso, long legs. Um, I've always talked about that, but I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he's really thin, but he could add some weight, right? I mean, I mean, Giannis was ridiculously thin and he just lived in the gym but Giannis also was ridiculously thin yeah. because he wasn't having meals exactly uh, <laughs> you know like hey. degrees like he was you know he couldn't he wasn't eating he was what is his situation what if the food at Notre Dame is terrible 
you know, I've, like, I've been if, to Notre. What? I've been to Notre Dame. It's uh, they have a lot of money at Notre Dame. I think their meal plans are fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe like look if Wesley adds like fifteen pounds, that's actually a lot for him. I think. Who knows how much he actually weighs, right? Like probably like 140, 145. But, um, you know, adding 15 pounds will do him a lot. So I don't know if he can do it, but I'm hoping he can. Um, but he is really thin. And I don't love his shoulders either. Maybe that's maybe that's just me. No, I'm yeah, not. Like, he doesn't have the Tatum shoulders, you know, like that you're just like, all right, those are going to fill. He did, like even Bryce McGowan says like in this draft, I feel like he's yes. got like those big, broad shoulders that like, all right, he's skinny, but I even when I went to see him live, I wasn't like, oh man, string bean Bryce McGowns. I was like, oh, it's a dude who's like probably going to be like a strong dude eventually in the league. I don't necessarily see that with Wesley, but and, uh, and Bryce Bryce McGowns like seeks out contact. Like yeah. he'll he'll go to the rim like looking to get fouled and like going. His free throw rate is like fifty percent or something. Yeah. Wesley sometimes will look to like avoid the contact a little bit and maybe mm-hmm. like strengthening that frame will, will help him look for contact. And then some of those bad finishes we talked about earlier will be free throw attempts instead of, you know, wild kind of like just trying to go up around the defender and throwing up some, some junk. What NBA team do you think Wesley, you know, will give Wesley the best ROI? What do you think, Albert? Are there any teams? Because this was a tough exercise for me. I'm not gonna lie. I tried. I tried really hard because I was like, "Oh, okay. I see. I see the vision. Getting him in that like 20 to 30 area, even if it's not necessarily me. Like, I see the vision." And then I started going through the teams, and I was like, "Oh no. <laughs> what do I do? Not that team. Not that team. Not that team." So here, here are some of the teams I went with. Okay. Okay. In the first round. I thought maybe Milwaukee at 24, they're long, they defend. Yeah. Um, you know, Middleton went down and obviously I don't think he's stepping into like championship level playoff basketball to, to make up for it. But like drew is not a consistent, like offensive creator. He has his games that he gets hot, but like maybe they're a team that could use a player like Blake Wesley to like run some offense off the bench so Giannis doesn't have to put up 60 points, 20 rebounds, and 15 assists every game in a scenario like this. Uh, Memphis at 29, because I feel like, I mean, obviously John Morant's amazing. I, I think that Zaire has been awesome this year, but I think he's been awesome because he's he looks like he could be Mikhail Bridges and mm. not necessarily like, you know, this big shot creator. Desmond Bain's creation is obviously a, a higher level than I think NBA teams thought uh, during the draft or pre-draft, but it's also, he's not a guy that you're just like, can you go cook for me? I don't want Dylan Brooks to go and cook. So I feel like they're a team maybe that could like use like a secondary creator who could maybe play, make a little bit and get their own shot. That could be interesting. Uh, second round Raptors at 33. I feel like they could develop, do a good job developing him. Long, athletic, uh, little playmaker. Well, him and Scotty Barnes. Not a lot of shooting in this scenario uh, on the Raptors, but that doesn't seem to stop them. And then maybe Atlanta, if they wanted to get Trey off ball a little bit. 
16 felt feels a little too early for me there, but it wouldn't shock me if a team did it. So if he slides Atlanta at 44, uh, I don't know why they wouldn't want to just give Bogdanovich those reps, but uh, maybe they take a shot on him as, you know, but Sharif five to the death. You don't think Sharif and Trey young is a good backcourt. <laughs> eh, I wouldn't play them together. <laughs> That'd be fun. Though. It would be really fun. <laughs> what about the Pacers? Just thinking I out looked, loud. I looked at the Pacers and then I was thinking. At number five, fifth pick? <laughs> <laughs> I think they got 31. <laughs> uh, no, five I was thinking that. a little aggressive. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I was thinking that they're kind of in like a half rebuild, right? Um, you can come off the bench, give them a little juice. Because um, I was actually thinking of Milwaukee first. But Indiana, maybe, right? Could work, potentially. I mean, at 31, it's a good swing. Yeah. It's a good swing. I always, I mean, I think that Halliburton and Ivy would be interesting. So in a way, you know, why not Blake Wesley and, and Halliburton? That could be. Yeah. We yeah, they, any? Just, they just traded Karis LeVert, which they kind oh, of yeah. do sim- similar things. So you have to replace it. Yeah. Um, That's a great, this is a great segue, Alex, <laughs> because. If you're going to buy stock in Blake Wesley, you may have bought stock in somebody previously. And Karis LeVert is one of the guys that I thought, if you're a Karis LeVert guy, maybe you're also a Blake Wesley guy. Because I do see some similarities in their games, um, their strengths or perceived strengths. I think that it's we've seen like if Karis has like too big a load, like you're probably looking at maybe a first round and out, like maybe you win a couple of games. That's probably the ceiling you get is with Karis LeVert as your number one guy. You probably don't want Blake Wesley as your number one guy, but if he developed into that, it's probably not leading you far in the playoffs. Um, And then lower end, it's a Crawford, but it's not Jamal. Yes. It's Jordan. Jordan Crawford. I have the same one. Mr. Dunk on LeBron, no video evidence himself. <laughs> Jordan Crawford was – those were my two guys uh, that I, I kind of was like, yeah, maybe those are the two outcomes that he could slide between. Alex, do you have any? I, I have zero player okay. comps. Um, <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> Karis LeVert was my uh, okay. and, we can uh, have contribution. Those. We could have the same, the same player <laughs> comps one. there, so that's – we so, did not script. We didn't script that. I, was, I, I came up mm. with that on my own. <laughs> I have four, um, okay. but it's like shades of not. None of them are like direct comps. So we know this. this yeah, is, yeah, you know we do this every week, Albert. We I'm gonna say direct. you said Jordan Crawford because I have both. I put Jamal Crawford as like his ceiling, and Jordan Crawford as like his absolute base. Um, I also threw in Dion Waiters and Austin Rivers. Um, just thinking, like you know, I don't know, like high volume. Not super efficient, but we'll give you a little bit of this, a little of that. Like waiters with the handle and the shot creation and rivers. Like, yeah, I think of this kind of the same thing. Like he's Austin Rivers' jump shot defender. is still, yeah. Defensively, yes, but also like rivers. Like I still hate watching him shoot the ball. Like that thing is so weird to me still, like his form and everything. Yeah. But the, def- the defensive points are really good one, Corey, because rivers, that's kind of where he's kind of found his place in the in the league um at this point but yeah i was thinking of the two crawfords Dion waiters austin rivers was he on the knicks this year 
or no, was that last year? Uh, last year. I, uh, the years have blended together. The good he had, year. That, the good he year. had that one big game, right? It was he for did. The Knicks. Yeah, I think it was against Denver. the Jazz. Oh, or maybe it was, Denver. was it Denver? Or I don't know. Yeah, Utah or Denver, one of those two. I think it was Utah. But hey, we're yeah. this, yeah. Somewhere out in the, the mountainy area, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Albert. It's about that time. Oh, Lord. For America's favorite segment. I'm going to need you to sell me this pen. Yeah. On one Blake Wesley. Here we go. Um, I will sell you this pen. And this pen is named Blake Wesley. Um, I'm just saying the same stuff over and over again. Okay, here we go. Let me, let me, so much time to prepare this. I know. Let me commit. Let's just commit. Okay, here we go. If you like playing the lottery, let's say you're one of these guys, you've got lunch at 12 o'clock, you go to the corner store, you go to the bodega. Uh, maybe we're talking in, in New York. Um, go to the corner store. Sebs. You grab a chopped cheese. For the record, I'm from New York and I've never had a chopped cheese because I almost feel like I don't want it because everybody wants to post it on their Instagram feed or whatever. But anyway, here we go. Uh, you're out for lunch. You're at the bodega. You grab a lottery ticket. You're feeling yourself today, right? You invest like 10 bucks, you know, get some scratch offs. Um, Blake Wesley might be your scratch off if you're an NBA team, you know, you might put a little, little bit of investment in him, in him, late first round pick, early second round pick. And what you're hoping for is you're hoping to strike gold. You know, you're hoping that your little investment in Blake Wesley turns into something awesome. He's a guy who is going to be able to get to his spot, create for himself. Hopefully he'll develop a strong enough jump shot. We're not sure if he has touch around the basket, but that's your job as an NBA team. You have a developmental team to develop the kid. So make it work. Defensively, he's got potential. You know, he could do stuff on ball, off ball, got good length. He's a little skinny. Feed him more. So Blake Wesley is your lotto ticket. All right, NBA teams, invest five bucks, invest 10 bucks. You might have a really good prospect on your hands is how I'm going to sell Blake Wesley to nobody. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. That was not your best sell me this pen. I don't feel like I need that pen after that sell job. If we're I, And the way this episode was going, I was starting to really buy in. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, Jesus, I don't need to buy a scratch off. Let's throw in money in the, down the drain. Hey, scratch offs are fun. Let me okay? go get some. Let me, let me go buy $10 worth of Taco Bell instead or something. Maybe go to Chipotle. Getting a stretch uh, off. Oh, that was. I knew that was going to be a challenge for you. Because, I know it was because I, I, tried knew, my I knew best. this one was hard, but you tried your best. I tried, this, look, I tried my it, best. You know, you can't knock it out of the park every single week. Sometimes you're going to swing hard and it's going to strike out. But look, there's always next week to step back up to the plate and you know try again. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next guy we're covering, is your, oh, it's going to be an easier pen for you to sell. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Alex, thank you for, for joining us tonight for the first time. This was a lot of fun. I feel better about Blake Wesley than I did uh, previous to, to recording. So uh, tell the, the, the people where they could find your work and, and all your social media and just everything in general. I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, it was good talking Blake Wesley up until the last like two minutes when Albert kind of <laughs> killed the vibes here, but uh, all good. I'll send us off here. Uh, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Draft Film School. Um, all my work will be on, you know, No Ceilings um, alongside these two great gentlemen. Um, that's pretty you just wrote it. about Leonard Miller? I just wrote about Leonard yeah. Miller, who's officially uh, eligible for the uh, 2022 NBA draft. Doesn't mean he's going to stay in, but um, if you want to check out more about his game, uh, kind of a man of mystery, still 18 years old, started high school in Canada. So a uh, very interesting player, 6'11", 7'2", wingspan, does a little bit of everything, plays like a guard. Um, yeah, that, uh, that piece was out yesterday, so check it out. Albert, where can uh, people find you? Uh, you can find me in a corner somewhere licking my wounds after that. Uh, <laughs> sell me this pen. But I'm very proud of my effort because I am Blake Wesley with my sell me this pen today. But uh, here we go. Um, you can find me at Alberto Gim on Twitter is where you'll find me. I'm actually working on writing something for next week. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. I just got back from three weeks of work trips. So I'm finally living in my own home again and sleeping in my own bed. So uh, I think I could turn my brain on and pump something out finally. So be on the lookout for that. As Alex mentioned, we're all part of the No Ceilings Collective. And um, yeah, it was really cool having you on, Alex. I know this has been a long time coming and I can't wait to have you back on. Maybe, uh, Maybe we can do a Knicks themed episode sometime and have you on. That could be, that yeah, could be uh, fun. Do also, that or... um, Alex, I was wondering, are you from New York? I never asked this question. Uh, no, Connecticut. So oh, close. okay. Tri-state. Yeah, Tri-state. You know, you get you get the fan. Yeah, just yeah. A yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a train ride away. <laughs> you get the fan. <laughs> Metro North. It's all good. Oh. Um, God. I mean, Mad Dog really, really letting us <laughs> you know, down this week. Tri-State fan, guys. Yeah. It's, it's been a rough week. <laughs> Shout out JJ Reddick. Uh, you can find me at Corey Tullib on Twitter, uh, NBA Draft Dude on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to No Ceilings TV on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Rucker and I started on the clock. We're two episodes in. We just had a really fun episode that ended with a rapid fire with Kevin McCuller episode three that's coming out next week. will be rapid fire with Jake LaRavia uh, amongst the other topics that we discuss a uh, lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. It's an exciting time. Make sure as always, if, you, if you're listening for the first time that you uh, subscribe to the pod, make sure, you know, maybe give us a rating. That would be dope. Five stars if you feel like it. But as we always say, be honest with yourselves. If you think we did a four-star job today because Albert couldn't bring us home in the <laughs> Sell Me This Pen segment, yeah, let us know. Comment on it. Don't just give us the four stars with no feedback. We need you to tell us that the Sell Me This Pen segment was not strong on the episode. Um, but Albert's going to do better next week. I need to cover another, another prospect. Till then, we out, y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>